0: Good morning again, everybody. We had our sea kids come down to join us for a little bit of worship, so they're super excited. I earned a few points with the sea kids folks today, so that's awesome. Again, thank you guys for coming out and joining us. If you are a first-time visitor or guests, we would ask that you guys would look in your programs. There should be a connection card in there. Um, If not, right outside these doors when service is over, there's a connection card. Please fill that out. Give us as much information about yourself as you would like. Um, Also, if you're a member here or just would like some prayer, fill that connection card out on the back, and we'd love for our leaders to come and pray for you, and just whatever you're dealing with Let you know that someone is praying and caring and loves you. Amen? All right, so we're starting a new series here entitled Nehemiah. Um, moving forward, or forward, and so I want you guys to um, hang in there with us as we go through Nehemiah. We kind of look through and get some things that we can pull out that will change our lives, hopefully, in a tremendous way. Um, I'm going to ask that you turn your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah, the first chapter. Whether you have your Bible or not, or you have an app, or you can look through, we'll have the scriptures on the screen as well. I'm going to pray while you're flipping or scrolling through there, and then we'll get started. Um, dear God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your kindness. Thank you, Father, for watching over us and protecting us and bringing us to this point. Open up our hearts and our ears to receive your word, to receive your truth, and that, Father, we walk out your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you would stand as we read God's word. We're going to be reading Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 4.
1: In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the twelfth year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hananiah, one of my brothers, came to visit with me, visit me with some other men who had just arrived in Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem have been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven.
0: Amen. You guys can be seated. We want to talk about, for the next couple of weeks, um, Nehemiah and forward. Um, I don't know how old you guys are. I don't know if you remember this game, but there's a game we used to play in the playgrounds and on the backyards and all that kind of stuff. It was this game called Mother May I. Does anybody remember that game? Okay, if you don't, and you're like, what the heck is that? I'll explain what Mother May I is. Mother May I is when there's a group of folks that get together, and there's one person that decides it's going to be, quote, unquote, the mother. And then there's somebody, there's a whole bunch of kids, a group of people that go on the other side of the field or the playground, and their job is to ask for permission to move forward. And so they say, um, Mother May I uh, take four steps. And Mother May I, the person that's designated as Mother May I, gets to say yes or no. If they say yes, you take four steps and you stop. And then they say, "Mother, may I? Can I um, can I run to you as fast as I can?" And mother may I say may say, "Yes." And as soon as they start running, she says, "No." And they stop or they got to stop. And somebody says, "Mother, may I may I sprint to you with all the speed I possibly have?" And mother may I would say, "No, but you can hop." two hops, and that person would hop. And it was this game where that person who was asking the mother, who was quote-unquote the mother, could they advance? And the mother gave them permission to advance or not to advance or how to advance. You guys are with me so far? That was the whole concept of the game. And if you finally got to the person that was mother, may I, you got tagged in, you became mother, may I. Everybody went back in line and started this process over again. And that's the way you play the game. Mother, may I, reminds me of this passage of Scripture. We're going to look at, for the next couple of weeks, the life of Nehemiah. The life of Nehemiah is an amazing and, and, and tremendous story, but the concept of Nehemiah is that he is planning to go forward in life. He has all of these plans, he has all of these goals, all of these expectations, all of these wants, and he's trying to move forward in life. And I believe if we look through Nehemiah, we can see where this forward process, forward thinking, forward moving comes from. But in order to move forward, there are things you have to do in life. Some of us want to move forward in our finances. Some of us want to move forward in our families. Some of us want to move forward with our friends. I'm running out of apps. Some of us want to move forward with the way we eat our food, right? How we process and how we digest food. Some of us want to move forward in just all kinds of manner of life, out of problems, out of trouble, out of struggle. Everybody wants to move forward. And I believe Nehemiah shows us how to move forward. The problem with trying to move forward is that sometimes you and I have an idea of how to get there, but it may not be the way God wants us to get there. And if we go there or start going down a path God didn't intend us to go down, there's all kinds of problems. And sometimes we find ourselves getting sent back like Mother May I. We moved out of, out of sequence. We moved out of the way we weren't supposed to. We didn't get the proper instruction. We just sprinted when we didn't ask for permission. And God ends up a lot of times sending us back, not to punish us, but to help us understand there's a way to move forward. Nehemiah shows us in chapter 1, there's a way to move forward when we're trying to reach our goals and our dreams. Everybody wants to be connected and win with Mother I. Everybody wants to connect and win when it comes to God. But there's a way to do it, and Nehemiah shows us. I want to show you guys today three ways, three points that we need to put in process, put in work when it comes to doing this mother may I. When it comes to God, I have goals, I have purpose, I have dream, I have ambition, I have wants, I have things I want to accomplish. How do I do it? And he shows us in this book of Nehemiah chapter one. Here's the first thing I want to share with you. Point number one, pray. Write that down. Pray. It's a real difficult, complicated phrase. Take a snapshot. Pray get your phones out. Point number one, pray. It's real simple. Watch this. Nehemiah verse 1, 6 through 7 says this.
1: Listen to my prayer. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses.
0: He says, that I want you to understand, he says, listen, before I start asking God how to move forward, where to move forward, when should I move forward, the first thing he does is he starts off his conversation in prayer. He's asking and seeking God on what direction to go. But before he even starts asking, the very first thing he does when he starts praying is he starts to confess, these are my failures, these are my shortcomings, this is where I have sinned, where I've messed up. I want you to understand I'm apologizing, I'm saying I'm sorry. Before we start this communication off, let me just say I'm sorry. Man, that works so good with my kids. (laughs) Dad, I know I was wrong and I should have said so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And then a day later, they'll come back and be like, hey, can we go too? Because they have tried to ask for forgiveness for the offense, we are now at a clear process where we can move what? Forward. You guys with me? And so in prayer, before we start moving forward, before we start going forward, we need to ask God for forgiveness. We need to confess these sins and these problems. And you guys say, well, how often do we have to do that? Is it really that important? For all of you all that gave your life to Christ, the first thing you did was confess. Woo! That was good, wasn't it? Before you started to go down this path of Christianity, the first thing you did to accept Jesus in your heart was that you confessed that I have made a mistake. I am a sinner. I've gone the wrong way. Everything starts off with confession. And if you're not willing to confess, there's a huge problem. Because now God has just become your genie. He's become the jackpot. He's become the box where you can just reach in and grab all your stuff. He says, Listen, you got to come with me and start communication off. Let's start talking first. First of all, before we go any further, Father, I am sorry for the wrongs that I have done. I'm confessing my issues. I'm confessing my faults. He says, Yes, I'm not perfect. In fact, he even confesses for some of his family. Some of my family's not perfect. You're trying to cover all the bases. And you and I have to understand before we start in conversation, before we start in dialogue, we need to confess. Our problems, our sins, our wrongdoings. I would suggest this in everyday prayer. I would suggest this in the big request, to ask God for forgiveness before we even move forward. Here's what he does in point number two. He gives us, or Nehemiah mentions God's promises. Nehemiah 1, 8 through 9 reads like this.
1: Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to,
0: for my name to be honored. He says, if you come back, he says, you do all these things. He says, I'm going to bless you in tremendous ways. He says, and at the end of it, he says, my name is going to be honored. This is where you and I mess up a billion times over. A lot of us, when we want to move forward in life, will quickly confess we've messed up, I've made a mistake, Father, forgive me, and then we just, pew, we go right off into it. God promised great things. God's going to promise that he's going to be faithful, and I'm going to get this job. God didn't promise you no job. God promised me he's going to give me this great man and this handsome man with, with muscles and abs and all kinds of stuff. It's going to look really amazing. And, and somebody, God didn't say all that. That's not what his promise was. His promise is conditional. His promise is conditional. His promise is that you, first of all, come to me and you confess your issues in prayer, and then in prayer, understand what my conditions are. The conditions are that he says in Scripture, he says, first of all, he says, you must return to me, come back to me, and what? Obey my commandments and live by them. Did y'all, did y'all catch that? It's right there in the verse. Hold on, where is it? He says, Yeah, yeah, but uh, where it starts, at, no, Nine. But if you return to me and obey my commandments and live by them, y'all see that? There's a lot of people praying and confessing, oh, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I'll never do it again, right? Never, ever, ever do it again. And now that I've confessed, I feel super blessed that God's going to walk with me, and we start going down this path and going down this direction and living life. Yay, woo! And we didn't go back to returning back to God. We returned for a prayer request. We rub the lamp, and we expect God the genie to give us what we want. The condition is that God will forgive us for our sins, but then we have to return back and live under his commands. Oh, man. It's like hitting people first thing in the morning. They're like, they get it, but they don't want to get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like now he says, "Listen, I want you to get that. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you all these wonderful promises of greatness. But you also have to do something that's conditional. You got to live under what I'm saying to do." Man, for me, for my kids to apologize to me, I'll never do it again. And then I come in that room, and they're doing it again. You know, (laughs) you didn't, you didn't, you're not living under my commands. You haven't humbled yourself. You apologize to try and get some hookup, some blessing, some extra time, some forgiveness to feel better about yourself, but you didn't humble yourself to live in lifestyle to what I'm asking you to live to. And you don't get that privilege. You don't get those promises because you're not living under His command, and there's a real big difference. We have too many of us who are trying to move forward and reach this goal in life. And we say, God, please forgive me. I'm sorry, I should have messed up. And then we go do it our own way. And we're not living under his command and his authority and his direction and his plan and his purpose. And then we get mad when, when we say, Mother, may I? And we start running. And he says, Nope, go back. And people stop coming to church. They get mad at God. They try another church. Try another church. I'll try a church online. After a while, I don't have time to look at it, so I'll listen to it in the car. I'll download it. Like We do all this stuff because God didn't answer our prayers. And the question is, is God not answering the prayers, or are you not living under the conditions to what He promises? Oh, man, it's early in the morning. I love it. It's quiet. And so He says, I want you to understand that, yes, there's prayer, But that doesn't mean you just get to go straight to the end of the line. It doesn't mean that you get to go or you finish. It didn't happen that way. He says there's a promise, and the promise is if you operate under the conditions and the terms, then you'll experience the promises of God. My biggest problem with with us Christians, I was going to say you Christians, but I I guess I fall into (laughs) two. Us Christians is we feel like, man, if we pray, we're good to go. Bam, wrap it up. What's the plan, Jesus? Let's do it. I want to get my goals and my requirements. I want to reach my marks. Bam, 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 bam. And none of us are, none of us are humbling ourselves to God's Word daily. So Zeph goes to, is in this new school, Christian school, and they have this class, and in the, in the, they have a Bible class. And Bible class is really deep. Like it's stuff I got my first year in college, and they're giving it to ninth graders. And I'm like, whoo. They're big words. I can't even pronounce half of them. I'm like, whoa, what is this? (laughs) I remember this. This is really tough. And so there's this article that he has the kids read, and the article is basically um, explaining uh, the definition of liberty by, by this chief justice. And he says that based by this description of liberty, you should be able to live however you want to live. Do whatever you want. And another guy comes back and says, well, I think that's a horrible idea if you're going to base um, Supreme Court laws on what liberty is based upon the, the idea that the definition of liberty is that you have freedom and that you can do whatever, because then that says that anybody can do whatever they want as long as they want to be happy. He says, this concept is that basically um, you have the freedom to to... to to do assisted suicides you have the freedom to do drugs because it's liberty and whatever makes you happy and so that can't be right and so the argument is really really deep that these kids are going through in ninth grade and the best way i could explain it to them was there's truth and there's god's truth truth nowadays is something that you cannot argue because truth is relative and whatever takes place is truth if it happens and it's real it's true real simple right I kick over my sweet tea, I'd never do that. Come here. If I kicked over my sweet tea, uh, it would spill. And I would say, listen, I made a mistake. Truth. I'm sorry I kicked it over. And somebody may say, no, you pulled your leg back and you punted that tea across the room. It's truth. Well, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Maybe you perceive that I did when I was really just kind of demonstrating what a kick looks like, and I kicked it over. It's truth. And so both concepts can be true because it all depends on the opinion of the person that saw it that makes it true. And there's man's truth, and there's God's truth. And so I explained to my kids, listen, and, and so Olivia, she's not in ninth grade, but she's listening because she's planning to go to school, and she's taking her whole conversation into me as ever having. And so she says, listen, so what are you saying is that there's man's truth and God's was the right. So, so man's truth may be if somebody curses you out, then you can respond by cursing them back out and maybe even punching them because you feel like that should make you feel better by getting them back. There's man's truth. God's truth says even though they curse you out, you should respond in a way that glorifies and edifies God. That's God's truth. So you have to choose which truth you're going to live in. (sighs) So you have to decide which truth you're going to live in. You guys are with me? So we have this conversation at 730 in the morning. 730 at night. We do game night at the table when we're having dinner, and we're all playing games. And Olivia hates for someone to help her when she gets stumped. And so yesterday, she was like, don't help me. And she spent eight minutes of our dinner just trying to figure out the next clue. And we're like, dude, just give up and ask for help. She's stubborn. I don't know where she gets from. Anyway, so we're eating dinner, and she gets to this game, and she can't name the the character. And she says, I need help. And Zeph names a character and then says... Oh, I guess you needed help today. And Olivia responds with, I'm not naming who you gave me, even though she named the person that he gave her. And she says, I'm going to spend another minute thinking of a character. And Rosie says, Zeph, you're wrong for being petty. And I said, Olivia, you're wrong for responding to his pettiness. And Rosie says, Zeph was wrong for being petty first. And I said, you're absolutely wrong. But Olivia's wrong for responding with her pettiness. Oh, I eating dinner. <laughs> and so, as we're having this conversation back and forth, who's wrong first or who's wronger or who's the most wrongest, as we're doing this whole thing, I say to them, this is an example of your truth, man's truth versus God's truth. Zeph was petty, and so you responded back with being petty. That is man's truth. Because God's truth is you should have took the high road even when Zeph was being petty. Y'all with me? And my daughter, without missing a beat because she's got to be right, says, I'll do God's truth tomorrow. (sighs) But if you return to me and obey my commandments and live by them, then you'll start to experience the blessings and the promises of God. Too many of us have moments in life where we recognize God's truth versus man's truth, where God is saying, let's go in a different path and direction, and we say, like Olivia, tomorrow. At this moment, you're going to take every bit of bitterness I got because you gave it to me. Pop! And we miss living out His this commandment. And we miss the moment, and that moment takes us back to, Mother, may I go back from where you came from, I didn't give you permission to move like that. His promise is that I'm going to bless you and I'm going to move you forward in a certain direction that's going to bring you honor, it's going to bring you glory. He says, at the end of the day, I want you to understand I'm going to bring you back to a place where I've chosen for you in my name to be honored. He says, when you do things my way, when you live in my light, he says, I'm going to bring you to a place where I am honored. Y'all with me? I got a lot of Olivia stories today. I don't know why. So he promises, if you live under my conditions, you live in a way that brings God honor and glory, I will get the honor. Okay, I said, I will get the honor. If you live in a way where you humble yourself and you constantly are living for me, I will get the glory. Kind of messed me up when I read it for a second. I was like, where's my glory? You're getting the glory. Where's my glory? So I'm doing a wedding in a couple of weeks. And Olivia said, I want to go to that wedding. And I said, no. So said, I've never been to a wedding. So the way weddings work is you got to pay for people. They're paying for me because I'm the pastor. They asked for my wife to come since I'm doing the wedding. They're inviting her. You don't get to go. And she said, that's not fair. I've never been to a wedding before. I want to go. I said, I'm sorry. Watch another movie about girls getting married. I don't want to tell you. I'm not, I'm not taking you to no, to no wedding. It's not happening. I'm not paying for those plates. That's not how that works. We have really real conversations in our house. As I said, maybe the next wedding, I'll put a good word in for you. But you're not going. That's just not happening. And so, because I'm the pastor that's doing the wedding, I get invited to the reception. But it's a plus one. So because Rosie's my wife, she gets to get invited to the wedding. You feel that? So I get honored to come, and I don't even have to follow no program. I just get honored to come. Bloop, plus one. Give me chicken. I just put that on the thing. Bam. (laughs) And because... I'm married to her, and she's married to me, Rosie, my wife. She automatically gets to come in with me. So because I'm an honored guest during the wedding, she is now honored to be with the, with the person that's honored. Y'all got this? So God says, listen, if you follow out my commandments, I'm going to get the honor, but God can't only get the honor because you're working with him, so you guys end up getting the honor together. You're the plus one. Mic drop. It's the plus one. He says, you get blessed because I'm getting blessed, so you reap the blessings, because we're connected. So when you humble yourself, God gets the glory of how you live this life, how you walk this life, how you talk this life, what did it? It was Jesus. But then the honor comes because you're connected to the Father, so you get the honor as well. He says, listen, if you would just live in my commandments after you ask for forgiveness, which means you really hopefully mean that you are asking for forgiveness, then I will, and you obey my commandments, and you come along with me, and you walk with me, I promise you that you're going to have this honor that I'm getting. There's no greater honor when I walk back through the, through the hallways of an old school or in the city somewhere, and they're like, Brian Wade. I'm like, what's up? Jesus saved you. <laughs> the most random statement I've heard today, but okay, let's roll with it. Yeah, he did. Do you know what you did in high school? Shh, yes, I know what I did. Oh, that's not, dude, you used to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know. Well, stop. You know me and you say, yes, I know. We did those things. Why are we in the mall talking about them? If he can save you, man, what's the name of your church? Heck, does that mean? I'm slightly offended. But God gets the glory that if he can change this, this dude around, <laughs> this guy, this 1.67 GPA guy, this smoking, drinking, drugging, hanging out with everybody guy, God gets the glory in that moment. And then I kind of get a little testimony of that glory because I can say, you know what? God did do an amazing work. Wow, my life is changed. And there's something about how I'm living because the God of the universe decided to work in me and I let him live in me. Do you see how that works? And so I get some honor. Can you come speak at my church? You mean the church that you ain't gone to in nine months? Yes, because we need some, we need real word and revival. And what's the name of your church? like, dog, you're not going to have me come speak at your church and then leave your church and be like, no, that's not how it works. But it's this mindset that all of a sudden, if you're doing something great, who did it for you? God, I want to be a part of who you're a part of. And because God is honored, you're honored. And you begin to walk in the promises of God. And here's what Nehemiah does in chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, point number 3, power. Watch this.
1: The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. He
0: prays, and, and all of this is prayer. This is not like, you know, 10 minutes later. This is just prayer. He starts off with prayer and he says, Listen, uh, you know, I'm going to confess my issues. And then he says, listen, he says, I understand there's promises that you've given me, and I have to live under those conditions to reap those benefits. And then he says, I want to acknowledge your power because you're absolutely 100% capable of doing any and everything. Y'all got that? And he says, you are capable. He says, he says God, he says, you have great power. You can change all things. He's, he's praying right now because he realizes that he feels, Nehemiah feels, that his city, Jerusalem, has been destroyed, and he wants to go back and he wants to rebuild it. He wants to start by, by building the wall. And in order for him to, to carry out this burden, he is, he is, he's owned by another king in another country, another land, and so he's asking God, I've got to find a way that you can touch the king's heart to give me permission to go back to my home country to build the wall. You guys see what's happening now? And so he's saying, listen. Now, God, I need. I, I, I've messed up. I've sinned. I've done wrong things. Please forgive me, God. I understand that you have you have this power that you that you know. If I just humble myself, those promises you gave. I'm trying to live under those promises. We haven't been always perfect, but I'm trying. I'm striving really hard. Would you please bless me with power to change a situation I have no power over, because I serve a king and I need him to let me go all the way back to my country to fix it. It's a tough request. In those days, you get your head cut off of that. In those days, if you didn't smile right, you'd get killed or locked up or thrown in the prison. And so he's asking God in this moment, I am trusting you with your power to change the king's heart to allow me to do something that I know would never happen unless you do it. That's trusting God to move forward. And too many of us pray, and then we go. We got to go. I don't care how I'm getting there. God heard my prayer. I'm good. I heard my Bible last week. I'm awesome. Boom, 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 and we take off sprinting, and we never consulted God. We never talked to God anymore. We never checked our heart to say, are we living under his conditions? And then finally, when, when he checks his heart to see if I'm living under his conditions, he then sits down and says, by your power, you move and work. Not by my power, not by my mouth, not by my arguing ability, but by your power. We got too many people sprinting to the finish line under our own power and under our own authority. This is old school day. You guys ready? Old school day. There's a game that we talked about in the beginning. This says, what, Mother may, may I, right? Remember that? Mother May I. Mother May I is asking for permission. There's another game that's very similar. It's called Red Light, what? And some of us are playing Red Light, Green Light when the game is Mother May I. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep. That's so deep. <sighs> right over the heads. It's so deep. So, so instead of us asking for permission to advance at certain steps and levels, what we want to do is, we think God turns us back. Let me get the God. Let me get the God. Let me get the God. I'm Let me get him. Let me get him. Oh Crap. Um, and so we do all of that stuff, and we're playing the wrong game. The game is not red light, green light. The game is, Mother, may I? The game is, God, may I get permission? I want to take twenty steps. You only get two. God, I want to take seven steps. Nope. You can take three steps, but you got to growl like a dog. <sighs> God, I want to take all the steps. Nope, you can take four steps if you hop this way. We're like, we don't have time for all that. I prayed. Green light. (laughs) Just take off. And then God turns around, and we always get caught in this awkward position, you know, because you get caught, and you're like, oh, you move, go back. We got to start all over again. And we constantly play in this game of red light and green light when God's on. mother, may I? And if we could just get in sync with his God, if we could get in sync with his game, if we could get in sync with how we ought to move, I promise you, you would end up recognizing the power of God. Because sometimes in baby steps are where the beautiful moments are. Sometimes it's in the moments where you have to stop and you wait You learn the mother, may I respond to a smile. Mother, may I move forward? No. Mother, may I move two steps? Yes, you may. And so in this process, we learn how to do life in a way that's relatable to God, in a way that gives us skills and, and concepts and abilities to move forward. What if Nehemiah just walked up to the king and was like, look, I got problems back at home. I want to go back. I might not end it too well. Just boldly walking up to the king. Rah, me, me, me. He's already prayed. He's talked about God's promises, and now he's waiting for God's power. And if you're not willing to wait on God's power, then any time you move without his power working, it's a huge problem. He says also, God, you're capable not only uh, having all this great power to change things, but then he makes it very specific. Make the king's favor to me. Put it into his heart. He says, Make this king have favor to me. Put it in his heart. He's already asking God to set up the situation. (sighs) Ladies, we appreciate the steak dinners. We love the mashed potatoes and brown gravy. Mm Mmm, delicious. But after a while, we get a little wise to it. We know the game, we know the trick. Come in, we smell steak. We know what's happening. What does she want? Husbands, you ain't washed dishes in seven years. <laughs> seven. <laughs> and now the dishes are clean, and the garage is immaculate, and you even got her car detail while she took a nap. What do you want? Sometimes, fellas, she, all that back rub. You ain't touched her back in two days. Get off her. She knows that. You know what you want. You know what's going on. Back rubbing. Stop. <laughs> you ain't touched her back in two days. Now you want to rub her shoulders. You know what you want. He says, God, I'm not going to go to the king and lay out flowers and flowery talk and all this stuff. I'm going to ask you to begin to work on their heart. Work on the king's heart. I'm going to ask you in your power to work on the situations. To change the problems. To change this perspective. So that I can experience the power of you. That is how you properly move forward in life. And by the end of the day, you're going to run into a very tough situation. By tomorrow, you're going to run into a tough situation. And your plan is to go forward. Whew. And I pray that God's Holy Spirit brings you right back to this message, back to this moment. What are those three prayers that guy said? Those three Ps? Prayer, promise, power, prayer, confess. Promise, there's a condition. I got to live in a way that honors God. Uh, what was that last P? Anybody remember? Power. And, and power is because he's capable way more than I'm ever capable And it's by his power and his capability, I'm able to move forward. And then you'll put the decision down. You'll put the moment down. You'll let it go. And God will work. Here's my last Olivia story. Last one. Don't tell. Don't tell Olivia. I know you're going to want to. Because you're going to be like, I heard this great thing. Shh. Don't do it first problem of telling people stuff is telling them not to tell people stuff, right? <laughs> so here we go. So, so here it is. Last name. So Zeph get accept- gets accepted to the school. It's a tremendous school. It's a great school. And every time, zeph has on all these high school football visits over last year I told you guys about. So he gets to the school, and she just looks at it last year like, this is another stupid private school, whatever. And so Zeph gets accepted to the school, and because he gets accepted, there's all these little extra benefits. So his little brother's going to the elementary school while Zeph's going to the high school, and we're like Olivia, because all these extra benefits, you can now go to this school too, and you know it'll cost a little bit, won't cost as much because there's all these benefits because Zeph's going to the school, and she says I don't want to go to that school. I want to go to performing arts school. I'm like they got performing arts at this school, not to the level I want to go to. I'm, 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 and then two weeks later, I want to go to the public school because that's where all my school friends in middle school are going. Next year is the public school. I said, What happened to the performing arts? Well, either performing arts or this school. Nya, 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 nya. Hold oh, on. I got this great hookup. We can, we can roll all these kids into this school in the next couple of years and it'll be great and awesome. And nya, 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 nya. And Rose says, Well, you know, Seth had the opportunity to look where he wants to go. Olivia should have the same opportunity. And I'm thinking to myself, it's not, not how my money works. I gotta wait till Tuesday before I get paid again. I don't really wanna I want her to go to any any place. I wanna go to a place where I got the hookup. You know what I'm saying? I just wanna go to the hookup place. Don't go to, to where you wanna go to, go to the hookup place because that helps me out. I'm going to be dancing for quarters in in silver underwear in a few weeks. If I got to do it this way, you're getting a little bit. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to go down this road and down this path. And we're struggling. We're frustrated. We're, you know, and boom, boom, boom. And all summer, she's like, ugh, Zeph school, ugh. And then she has to go in there one day to pick Zeph up from from football practice. She gets to look at the campus more than just on the outside. And the next week, she tells mom, I think I want to go to Zeph school. So I say, listen, you know, there's still options. We're going to still look at this school and look at this school. Um, Zef's school is a great school. And, you know, she's like, that was that first day of school. she's like, Zef's got a lot of homework. I say, any school you go to in high school is going to be a lot of homework. This is just a big-time school educationally. It's going to be a lot of work. And she sits there, and the next week she's like, I want to go to Zef's game. She never asked to go to Zef's game. She's like, and I sit in the car. <laughs> so I don't sit in the car. We go to games. She's like, oh my God, the team spirit and everybody and the students are so cool. And I thought they'd be more this way, but they're really awesome. And the next week, she's like, I want to go to that school. So You want to go to that school? I want to go to that school. Well, let's talk about it some more. No, I want some. I want some apparel. I want some of the, the clothes. clothes. So, you want hats? I want hats and shirts. <sighs> the way my money works. <laughs> All right, we'll get you some clothes. She's getting ready to do a shadow day. The school's like, this might be our first student, a uh, ninth grade student by October or something. And bam, bam, bam. And God worked on the heart of the person. Seven months ago, every school that came by Zeph's way, I don't like that school. I don't like that, that. Uh, uh. And seven months later, she is all locked in to go to this school. Now, we'll see. Hopefully it'll happen. It should happen. I'm believing God it'll happen. My pockets are believing God it'll happen. I <laughs> <laughs> trusting God it will happen. But God's power is so that he worked on the heart of her. that I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to start looking. I didn't have to start going online and looking at a performing arts school. She's already like, they got performing arts, so I want to go there. I said that seven months ago. Nothing. Now she's all in. She wants the hat, the coat, the shoes, everything. Because God has a way of moving things forward that if you just trust and believe, even when it looks like no, even when it looks like it's impossible, even when you think you might just, I'm just going to make you go to this place. God says, take your hands off of it, live out my ways faithfully, understand my promises, and believe I have the power to work. And God, changed your heart. When me and Rosie were thinking back in August, we're going to make her go to Shadow Day, and she's going, to, she's going to have to go, and maybe she'll fall in love. That was beginning of August. End of August. I want to go do Shadow Day. <sighs> what happened? Who are you? Remember, this is a girl that's like, I'll do Jesus tomorrow. What happened? God touched her heart. And I believe there are lots of moments in your life where God can touch the heart and the situations that you're dealing with to open up doors where you don't have to do a lot of work. You know, the one thing I hate about Mother uh, May I, the one thing I hate about it, the one thing I hate about Mother May I, then I'm done with you guys today. I hate about Mother May I is when it's somebody else's friend on the other side of the daggone line. Yeah, you've been there, right? The worst part of mother's may I is when your best for her best friend, you know who you are. Your best friend is over there on the line, and they're the mother, and it's eight of us on the other side, and they're like, Mother may I come on, come on, take 12 steps. You're like, well, oh, I didn't get 12. Mother may I, can I get 13 steps? You can get half a step and bark like a dog. <laughs> Keep barking. <laughs> mother may I have seven more steps. And like in two steps, half five of them they're best friends. And they just keep switching back and forth. You know why? They got a relationship. I want to have a relationship with God, the mother may I of the game of this life that we're playing, that literally, I may have to take four steps, I may have to take five steps, but I'm advancing so much quicker than everybody else because our relationship is so tight that I still got to go through some of the process, but because of the relationship, I get there faster and reach the goal. And in order for you and I to reach this full blessing and promise and experience this power, it's based upon relationship because the condition in the second point was if you live under my command, if you live in relationship, living is doing, operating, activating, moving together. If you live in my command, if you live in my my connection, you have relationship. And in relationship, you experience the God of the universe. You don't remember anything else I said today, here's your takeaway. Moving forward means facing God first. Moving forward means facing God first. Moving forward means sitting down and processing and talking to God. That's what it means. You don't just pass, go, and get your 200 bucks. You've got to stop. You've got to process. You've got to dwell. You've got to live. And then God's power will move time and time again. As the band comes up, let's pray. Dear God, it's by your grace, it's by your love, it's by your patience, it's by your your overwhelming truth that you cover us with love, that you cover us in these moments right now where you expect us to recognize and to hear your voice for every plan, for every decision, for every thought that we may have in our minds that you, Lord, would work in us, that you, Lord, would begin to speak to us, and that, Father, that you would grow us in tremendous ways. Lord, I pray as we get ready to enter into communion, we would fix our hearts to connect with you. Let this be the first moment we humble ourselves and start the process of living in your ways, connecting with you in communion, connecting in our community, connecting with our church, connecting with our marriages, connecting with our children, and doing it in a way that's connective to you.